you know, I, I kind of like don't want to give it, frighten anybody when I say our expenses are up 45000 I also am, am here to tell you that our tithes are up 19000 and our overall income is up from last year. So we are still good. That's not to worry. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Thank God. And don't complain. Thank God. I, I'm just taking care of mom tomorrow. Okay. Just, just checking, keeping you out of trouble. You, <laughs> I hope you... I'm sorry. I just... When I think about thanking God and not complaining, I go to one of my life verses that I'm sure you know by now is one of my life verses. One of my life verses is found, of course, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. And you say, Pastor, why is this one of your life verses? Because your pastor worries. And I have to constantly remind myself, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, but here's the key, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And you know what the promise is? And the peace of God that passes or transcends all understandings will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the next verse. But you know, when we pray, we intercede for others. But when we pray, we usually pray about our own concerns, our own needs, our own problems. And when we pray for our own problems, we're to pray with thanksgiving. I like the way Paul puts it in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. Be joyful always. Pray continuously. Give thanks in... Please note, I have always said this. It doesn't say for all circumstances. But in all circumstances. I have to be honest. There are just some circumstances I'm not thankful for. But in them, I still have to give thanks. You see, I've learned this, that the soul that gives thanks will find comfort in everything. And the soul that complains will find comfort in nothing. When I use that word complain, I think of murmuring, grumbling, uh, Rachel, I think we used the word, quit your belly aching. Quit your belly aching. No matter what term you use, grumble, complain, belly ache, to complain is an expression of unhappiness, dissatisfaction, or discontent. To complain is an outward expression of an inward discontent. How many know that God loves gratitude? He hates ingratitude. 
and gratitude must be taught. You say, well, where do you derive that from? Remember in Luke chapter 17, where there were ten lepers who came and asked Jesus to be healed? And he heals them, and, he sa- and as they went off, they were healed. And only uno, one, came back. And remember, what were the words to Jesus to that one? Where are the other nine? We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? When I think of that in Scripture, I think how Jesus loves gratitude and how he hates ingratitude, and gratitude must be taught. So on this Thanksgiving week, thinking that gratitude is something that must be taught, I want to share on the negative of how God hates ingratitude, that hopefully it will accentuate the positive. How many remember that song? You got to accentuate the positive. Eliminate the negative. Latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Love it. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll put it on the screen. And you know what? I like it when we read it together. How many know that Thanksgiving is polar opposite from complaining? Now these three things are examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by a destroying angel. Wow. You may be seated. As I started to look at this passage of Scripture and, and see the list, see, see if this doesn't do something to you. Setting our hearts. I have it underlined. Do I have it up underlined? Yes. Setting our hearts. The King James uses the word lust. What did they lust after? The Israelites. They lusted after the food they had in Egypt. All they were getting was manna from heaven. And what was the problem there in Numbers chapter 11? Ah, we remember the meat and the fish and the melons and the leeks and the garlic and the onions and the cannolis. 
You like the cannolis. Yeah, you're a man after my own heart. Come on, stay with me. Lust. Idolaters. Just read Exodus chapter 32. Sexual immorality. In Numbers 25, they brought the Moabite and the Midianite women right into their own camp. And 23,000 of them died. They tested the Lord. Why did you bring us out into this wilderness where there are no graves in Egypt? Now, listed with lust, idolatry, sexual immorality, and testing the Lord, in that same list is also grumbling. Complaining. Hey, I am preaching to myself this morning. You want to know how much the Lord hates complaining? Just turn to Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger aroused... Then fire from the Lord burned among and consumed some of them on the outskirts of the camp. Complaining is a serious sin. We tend to take it very lightly, however, evidenced by the fact of how often we do it and don't think anything about it. But as I go through Scripture... And see the words grumbling and complaining and how the Lord responded to the Israelites grumbling and complaining. Whoa. It should be sobering to us. Think about the background. God miraculously brought them out of slavery. Think about that. God miraculously had them cross the Red Sea. God destroys Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. God, in the wilderness, miraculously provides food for them to eat. Manna from heaven, water from rocks. And when they complain about their hardships... Boy, we have short memories, don't we, of all that God has done for us. In ten more verses, in them complaining about the food and their short-term memory and how good they had it in Egypt, Scripture says the Lord became exceedingly angry. I want to share with you three reasons why the Lord hates complaining. Number one, complaining denies God's sovereignty. Complaining denies the sovereignty of God. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? God showed his mighty power. 
God showed his universe sovereignty by allowing the, the Israelites to leave Egypt wealthy and go through the Red Sea, destroy their enemy. And upon their success, even in the wilderness and about ready to part into the promised land, what were they forgetting? The Israelites were forgetting the almighty power of God and his sovereignty. That without him, they never would have gotten as far as they would have. And they start to murmur and complain against Moses and Aaron. And they were calling God into question. God, are you able to to carry out? Are you able to care for us? Are you able to carry out your will for us? They were denying his very sovereignty. The solution is to recognize that complaining, murmuring, grumbling is a sin. And when we realize it, that it's a sin, we need to acknowledge that our Heavenly Father knows best. Do you just say it? Or do you believe that He's in control of all things? And if He is in control of all things, and if you have a life verse of Romans 8.28 that says, and we know that God works all things together for good. To those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. If you're called according to his purpose and you love the Lord, the promise is that God works all things together for good. If that is one of your core values, if that's one of your beliefs, that you believe God works all things together for good, and you believe that he is all-powerful, can I ask you a question that I ask myself all the time? Who am I to complain? Who am I to gripe? Who am I to fear? Who am I to worry? Complaining denies the sovereignty of God. You know, I have been times where I have been convicted because I feel like, who am I to cross-examine God? <laughs> Think about that. Who are we? To cross-examine God. Yet, isn't that what we do when we complain? We cross-examine. God, do you really know what you're doing? And then I think to myself, okay, how far can you see in the future? <laughs> God sees all things. Who am I to strike out against God in complaining? In Philippians, in, in Acts chapter 16. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But in Acts chapter 16, we find Paul and Silas in a Philippian jail. Are they complaining? No. 
They're praising God and singing hymns. They're trusting in their all-powerful God, giving thanks in that circumstance. Complaining denies God's sovereignty. Number two, complaining disrupts Christian unity. Remember when the Israelites came up to the promised land? Instead of entering in it, Moses does what? Let's send 12 spies to check it out. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land. What were they really doing? They were once again questioning the sovereignty of God. God, if this is the land you've really given to us, why are there giants? And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people saw that they were of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, I got stuck on this for a moment. Do you know how many times we exaggerate our problems? We have a great way of taking a little problem, and I hear someone laughing over there. We have a way of exaggerating, of making our problems a lot bigger than the way they really are. And this is what I was thinking. And we look the same to them. Now, I remember as a kid, we used to spy at family events. And when you spied, you never wanted to be found, did you? So if, if they went as spies, how did the people dwelling in Canaan even know what they looked like? They were exaggerating. They were making the problem bigger than what it really was. And I always remember Dale Everett said this. When you talk about a big problem, you've lost focus on who God is. When you talk about a big problem, it's an indicator that you've lost focus of your God because God is bigger than any problems we have. So here, ten spies start to spread. In verse 36, it says this, So the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community. What did the whole community do? They started to grumble. They started to complain against Moses and spreading a bad report about it. These, these men responsible for spreading the bad report about the land, these men who grumbled and complained and spread the bad report, what happened? They were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Hello, somebody. There were those who complained in the hearing of the Lord and the outskirts of the camp was fired. Here we see their plague and all of a sudden the, a plague, they died. 
You don't think the Lord hates ingratitude? We had a dog for 12 years, Nathan. He was a great dog. Had to put him down when we were on vacation in August. He was a lap dog, man. The dog never barked except for when it wanted to go out. And when it was on the couch and looking out the window and someone got in too close to his territory. And you want him to bark then. And that's the only times he would bark. When we would go away and we put him in a kennel, we would pick him up. The poor dog had no voice left. Because when one dog barks, what happens to all the other dogs? They all start to bark. And for a whole week, that little dog, when we pick him up from vacation, When one frog croaks, all the other frogs croak. Come on. When one disgruntled person starts to complain, man, it spreads like wildfire. That's why the Lord hates complaining, because it disrupts Christian unity. There's a wonderful proverb, Proverbs 6. Talk about six things the Lord hates, seven that despises. You ever think of what the seventh one was? There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. A proud look, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devised wicked schemes, Feet that are quick to rush into evil and a false witness who pours out lies and a man who stirs up dissension and disunity and sits there and gripes and complains. Complaining is an outward expression of something inward that's discontent. Why does the Lord hate complaining? Because it denies who he is. It denies his sovereignty. He hates complaining because it disrupts Christian unity. And we know how much the Lord loves unity. Lord, Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. Jesus prayed there in John. And the last thing, why he hates complaining Is because it disrepresents or discredits your testimony. Think about that for a moment. Have you ever talked to someone who said, Oh, I love God so much. He is so good. And in the same breath they'll use, But do you know the other day I was just... And they start going off and griping and complaining. And all of a sudden, you're hearing, and what are you left with? The griping and the complaining instead of how much they love God. I want to play a game this morning. Scripture or not. Are you ready? Scripture or not. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Scripture or not. Scripture. You got it. 
from my favorite book, Philippians 2.14. Do everything without complaining and arguing. But why? Isn't it great to know that that's scripture? Do everything without complaining and arguing. But why? Because you have to get to the next verse. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked world. A depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe holding out the word of life. What is our responsibility? We didn't get saved just so we could say we're going to have a nice home in heaven. But we got saved so we could shine like shining stars here on this earth as we hand out the word of God to people. And I'll tell you what, nothing will destroy your testimony more than one who gripes and complains all the time. Hey, I want to give you something to think about. See if you ever thought about this before. In Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were in the Philippian jail, think about this for a moment. Think of what would have happened if it went down like this. Silas looks over to Paul. You know, I can't believe it. You're so full of yourself. Why couldn't you just leave that girl alone? Why did you have to show off and drive out that demon in her, which ended us up in this situation? And couldn't you, can't you imagine what would have happened if instead of worshiping and thanking the Lord, they were sitting there complaining and griping at one, and argue, one another and arguing at one another? Do you think the Philippian jailer would have asked this question, what must I do to be saved? You ever think about that? He probably would have sat there and thought to himself, ah, I know that the church, boy, this just confirms that the church is full of hypocrites. But as they sat there singing and praising God, what a testimony they were. And the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? One of my favorite authors, authors is uh, A.W. Tozier. And listen to how he puts this. Among the sins most exquisitely fitted to injure the soul, One of the sins, one of those sins most exquisitely fitted to injure the soul and destroy the testimony, few can equal with the sin of complaining. So on this week of Thanksgiving, may it be a week of praise. May it be a week of Thanksgiving. When we sit down for a Thanksgiving meal with family members who maybe don't know Christ, relatives, man, may we be positive. May we be full of praise to guard the very testimony.
that God is good. Why does God hate complaining? Because it destroys his sovereignty. It discredits our testimony. And it disrupts unity that he so much wants to have. I pray on this Thanksgiving that you will have a heart of gratitude. And remember, gratitude must be taught. And I pray that your life will be an example to others about truly being thankful. Would you pray?